Now, back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. This is, this is Leonard Birdsong back with you on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I hope we have our guest, Jeffrey J. Seward. He is an attorney. He lives in Central Florida. He's a colleague of mine. He's been an adjunct professor at the Berry Law School. He is a banker that specializes in trust and estates work and a fellow who I am proud to say is a friend. He's also the great, 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 great grandson of uh, the Seward who served in Abraham Lincoln's cabinet back in the 1860s. And that Seward is the one that bought the state of what's now the state of Alaska, from Russia. Jeff, are you with us? I'm with you. Good. Thanks for coming on. That's the introduction. Yeah, well, you know, we go way back, Jeff. I mean, we've had a lot of fun together. You teach us, I've taught at Barry, and a number of the people who've graduated from the school you've hired for your nonprofit organization. Tell us about your organization, which is the Special Assistance Network, I understand your goal is to connect the community of special needs people and families and those with physical and neurological development challenges with resources to assist them and their families to improve their quality of life and connect them with others who care and want to help. How did you come upon starting the nonprofit? Well, about a year and a half ago, uh, there was a uh, a need that I found uh, a lot of banks, financial institutions, brokers, financial advisors, insurance companies were slowly but surely getting out of handling uh, special needs trusts for the public. If you were a million-dollar client, there was always room for that type of work. Right. Or the majority of the population that has special needs children or special needs adults in their family uh, all of a sudden they were cut out of this availability. So by looking at that, I started doing a little bit of research. Uh, I attended a number of conferences uh, on special needs. I'm married to a uh, retired special needs special education teacher, so I've been involved with it for 20, 30 years. And as I went to uh, some of these meetings, not only in Central Florida, but in Atlanta, in Denver, in Indianapolis, and Chicago, I saw that the majority of the people that needed some type of assistance were basically middle-class individuals. Middle-class without a lot of money, you mean, okay? Correct. Uh, People that did not have million-dollar accounts to invest, let's put it that way. And at that point, then, we started doing a little, I did a little more research to find out if there was anyone filling this void. Okay. And I, and I had found that there was a couple small companies in Florida that had, were trying to fill the void, but their biggest mistake was they were using the same fee schedules as banks, financial advisors, brokerage houses, the, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we went about, uh, two or three of us, we went about to try to carve out availability for the middle-class individuals. We found the need. There was no doubt about it. There was a great need. (laughs) Right. So then the next thing we looked at was, 
because I had been involved in special needs trusts for almost 30 years yeah, at banking institutions in the trust and estate world. Mm-hmm. The next thing we looked at was the types of assets that people would put in these types of trusts. What kind of assets would they put in those well, trusts? Well, in the past, uh, of course, we were dealing with high net worth individuals. They would put cash, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things like that. Mm-hmm. However, if you're an individual that does not have a lot of wealth, you're working every day, you have a great need to take care of the special needs individual that you are maintaining or taking care of, and you have to realize that's a lifelong commitment. That's not just something until, uh, like my kids, when they turned 18, they went off to college and then they started their own lives. Uh, these types of individuals are connected to the families. Forever. And that's right. And does the state uh, give disability benefits to people like this? Uh, they do in some cases. Uh, the Social Security Administration has a very tight set of guidelines. And the biggest mistake that a lot of people uh, make is they believe that everyone that has some form of special needs, whether they're Down syndrome or autistic or physically handicapped or mentally handicapped or or whatever. Uh, They believe that the government will provide for them, and in fact, they may, but they have to qualify. And it's very easy to get disqualified, and then there's an 18-month limitation period that then they have to go through the whole process again. It becomes very frustrating to individuals that have these types of individuals in their families. So we looked so, at what, so you looked at things and you're trying to fill this gap, is that right? That's exactly right. We tried to fill the gap. And what we found was that many times individuals uh, were not so much concerned about their daily life, but they were concerned of what happens if the family, if mom and dad, become incapacitated, or if they die, or if there's no one there to take care of them, or, on the other side of the coin, if the special needs individual is fortunate enough to become functional enough that they are out in society, but they want to make sure someone doesn't take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. What type of assets would you put in a trust for that individual? Mm -hmm. We found that a lot of people were trying to put real estate or insurance policies or some type of alternative investment that was not an income-producing asset at the time. So that was another trigger for us. We, we wanted to research to find out, is there a restriction on this? And we found very clearly that there is not. There is nothing in the Internal Revenue Code that says that you cannot put this type of asset or these types of assets in a trust. So therefore, we figured out very quickly that banks and financial institutions and people like that just didn't want to handle that. So because there wasn't enough, there wasn't enough money. Is that it, or it was there wasn't too enough cumbersome? Fee, there wasn't enough fee income because that led into the third part of the reason why we created this, and that was the cost. And you're exactly right, Leonard, in the fact that most banking institutions, and I know from being a corporate trustee for many years. Uh, they prefer to charge somewhere between $2,500 and $5,000 a year, every year, to handle a special needs trust. 
Mm-mm-mm. Well, if you're a middle class individual and you have numerous expenses for a special needs individual and you don't have a million dollars to invest in a trust in a bank trust department, how do you get this done? How do you have this protection? So that third prong or that third part of the stool, shall we say, the three legs of the stool, mm-hmm. we covered the need, we covered the types of assets, how did we cover the cost? Well, again, we did some research, and we found that if we were a for-profit organization, then there's a lot of different uh, costs, regulations, issues that drive the price up. Of course. So we contacted the Internal Revenue Service and said, how could we do this on a nonprofit format? And they were very helpful and, and helped us, and we created a nonprofit organization, and the cost factor then ended up being one-third the cost of everyone else, of the wow. corporate trustee. Now, the cost is a sliding scale also. The cost is figured out according to an average of a family's adjusted gross income over any three-year period. Mm -hmm. You may get the same service, have the same trust, have the same need, and you have a family making $50,000, and they will pay a different fee but for the same service than someone making $100,000. Okay, got it. Cost-effective. And so your your nonprofit is called the Special Assistance Network. Have you had some success with setting up some of these trusts for people? Yes. Uh, the Special Assistance Network, like I said, was created in February of 2016. So we've been in operation for about a year and a half. That's right. Uh, we have numerous accounts uh, in Florida. We have some accounts in Georgia. Uh, we have received authorization to work nationwide. We have Good. starting to get some inquiries from Michigan and some from Chicago and some from, uh, we just had one last week from Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, so it, the word is slowly spreading among the legal community uh, because the banks, the insurance companies, the financial advisors, they don't have the training or the expertise, nor do they have the desire to deal with this stuff. That's right. Now, I know you have the expertise because you are were a trust officer and you've done all of these sorts of things. God bless you for what you're doing. Uh, I hope you stick with it, Jeff. I, um, you know, I unfortunately, I don't do trust and estates work. I don't know much about it. My father used to do some of that before he retired. But, you know, you've had quite a career. I just want to tell people that you, I think you worked your way through law school because you were a state trooper in Nebraska. Isn't that right? That's correct. And you've been good with people. You've all, you know, I've always seen that. And you're good with students. And you've even hired some of our graduates from the Berry Law School where you've taught as an adjunct. And, uh, again, I say God bless you. Your wife, who is a special needs teacher or was a special needs teacher, has even helped out Berry Law School in the past as a, what was she, she used to do proctoring for the exams and things like that. So you guys are people-oriented, and I hope that you will keep this up. Well, we are we are planning on keeping it up because even though uh, there are a number of us, we have probably 10 to 12 people 
uh, in various locations working this uh, nonprofit organization, and we are starting to hire uh, and, and bring in to the fold, shall you say, uh, some of uh, younger people that have some of the training so that this uh, organization will perpetuate itself and it will continue Good. and only grow and get larger. The, the, the old saying of uh, it, it's like being an infant. You have to crawl before you walk and you walk before you run. And that's we right. are about ready to quit crawling and start walking. So that's, that's a good sign. <laughs> that sounds good. Listen, well, so, are, are any of your children in, in, interested in getting involved in the organization? No, I have uh, I have two children, and uh, uh, one is a teacher, but not a special ed teacher, and and one is a mechanic. So he helps people, but he he. He fixes their cars, so that uh, they probably will not go into this business. But the, the bottom line is, we are we are trying to attract the right people, uh, so that this will this will go on and this will continue because there definitely is a need. Uh, we have already proven that we're getting inquiries every week, and and uh, it is just something that maybe by luck or by happenstance we were at the right place at the right time. And thank God that you have been. Jeff, I wish you all the luck in the world with your nonprofit, the Special Assistance Network. Would you like to give a telephone number and a... a uh, Probably the easiest uh, thing for anyone to get hold of us is to go on your computer and go to www.specialassistancenetwork. That's all one word. Mm-hmm. www.specialassistancenetwork.org. Okay. If you go to that website... It will uh, it'll come up with a home page, and then there's uh, various headings that you can go to. It talks about special needs trust, uh, the advantages, the disadvantages. It talks about what we do. We try to do some education. We try to do some empowerment. We try to do some endowment. Uh, there's also, if people are philanthropically, you know, desire, we have a donate button there because as a charity, uh, we are running pretty bare bones, but the bottom line is, uh, you know, we accept any type of donation. And, and it's tax, all the way it's to tax the right deductible, I take it? Contact button. And with the contact button, you simply click on that, and it'll come up with a screen, and you can ask questions. You can contact us. We'll contact you. It has phone numbers, addresses. We have two offices, and we're hoping to open a third office very soon. Good for you. Congratulations, Jeff. Now, we'll leave on a high or funny note here. When I was the associate dean at the Berry Law School, I had my own private parking space. <laughs> and who would park in it if I wasn't there? Tell well, me who. I the person that used to park in it, and, and, I, and I believe they were just making sure that no one else would park in your spot. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you were doing it just to get my goat. You know that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Jeff, so good to have you on. Thank you so much. I wish you all the luck in the world. You're doing some good stuff out there, okay? Thank you very much. And to all of, all of your listeners, if you need our help or if you're just – Looking for an inquiry, please look at specialassistancenetwork.org, and we'll sure as heck try to help you out. All right. Thank you so much, Jeff. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. We'll be back with you after these messages. There's more to come. Don't go away. (laughs) 
Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong. We've had an interesting show today. I've certainly enjoyed it. It's not over yet. I have some news tidbits that I want to share with you. These are things that I find in the news that most of you may not see, but I'd like to tell you about them. Here's the first one. The headline reads, Diddy Tops Celebrities. Diddy Tops Celebrities. The story, Sean Diddy Combs was named the world's highest paid entertainer last Monday ousting Taylor Swift, who fell to 49th place on the Forbes annual list. Beyonce moved into second spot with $105 million, courtesy of her best-selling Lemonade album and World, two, World Tour, I'm sorry, while British author J.K. Rowling, $95 million, moved back into the top three thanks to her Harry Potter spinoff Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Combs, that is Sean Diddy Combs, 47 years old, earned an estimated $130 million in the 12-month period ending on June 1st of this year, according to Forbes. It, it attributed the big payout to his Bad Boy Family Reunion Tour, earnings from Sean John Clothing Line, and his partnership with Ciroc Vodka. There you have it. Diddy tops all celebrities. Another tidbit from Massachusetts. A Massachusetts woman gave birth without realizing she was pregnant, said the headline. Christine Harvey was about to go to the hospital for severe stomach pain when she gave birth on a sidewalk in Malden, Massachusetts. Quote, I thought it was her daughter's doll, end quote, one neighbor said. No, it's a baby. 
the mom of a three and no, the mom of three and her six pound, six ounce baby girl are in good condition. Boy, she was pregnant and she didn't even know it. Gave a birth on the sidewalk. Wow. All right. Headline. Pence's puss passes. Vice President Mike Pence's cat Oreo died last Saturday. His wife Karen announced the black and white felines passing on Twitter, writing, quote, Rest in peace, Oreo. You touched a lot of hearts in your little life. Our family will miss you very much. End quote. Now, the Pence family, who are enthusiastic, enthusiastic animal lovers, also lost their 13-year-old beagle, Maverick, in October, one month before the presidential election. What sad news for the Pences. Pences, pu- Pences puss passes. <laughs> All right. A few more here. Headline. 100 million water whoppers is the headline. 100 million water whopper. The water bill wasn't so bad, but the service charge was eye-popping. Kerian Healy of Orange County, North Carolina, got a water bill for $189.92. But the service charge was a dollar shy of $100 million. Healy said he jokingly asked the Orange Water and Sewer Authority on Twitter a few weeks ago if he could make installment payment, whether he could make installment payments. He posted uh, later Wednesday that the utility assured him his bill was wrong. Thank heavens. (laughs) All right. Just a couple more here. This one comes from Central Florida, where I live. A college football kicker could get the boot from the team for being a YouTube video star. NCAA officials say University of Central Florida's Donald De La Haye will have to choose between playing football and making money from his YouTube channel, which has 53,000 followers. De La Haye says, my family is struggling at home. There's barely any food and tons of bills piling up. He says uh, he hasn't made up his mind as to whether he's going to stay with football or whether he's going to drop it and stay with his YouTube. He seems to be a good little producer. The Central Florida University is here in Orlando, Florida, where I live, and they have a pretty good football team. All right, the last of these stories that I have, the news tidbits for this week. Here is the headline. Pastor steals his own church, according to the police. Good Lord, that's a steal. The longtime pastor of an inner-city Connecticut church has been busted, that is arrested, for allegedly selling the 1.5 million house of worship to himself for $1. Bishop Franklin L. Fountainhead of the Fountain of Youth Cathedral in Bridgeport, was charged with first-degree larceny and second-degree forgery after he altered a deed and sold the property to himself without the board of directors okay. This is what the Connecticut newspaper, the Connecticut Post, reports. Police investigated after receiving a complaint from the board as well as from Fountain's, Fountain's younger brother, James, and his uncle Donald. 
Franklin Fountain 55 rejected the charge, saying it's all ridiculous. He faces more than 20 years behind bars if convicted. We will see what happens. Stay tuned, as they used to say. Stay tuned, folks. This is Leonard Birdsong with you. We're coming to the end of this hour. I love sharing this hour with you. It's on Thursday from 1 until 2 Eastern Standard Time on Talk Zone. You can listen to me on Thursday or you can get the show 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on TalkZone.com. Just go to the home page. On the right-hand side of the page, there will be channels. Go to the legal channel, and that's where you will find my show. I always like to end the show with a riddle or two. See if you can figure these out. Here's the first riddle. Why are dolphins poor students? Why are dolphins poor students? Think about it. What's the answer? Well, dolphins are poor students because they're always below sea level. Isn't that a good one? (laughs) Dolphins are poor students because they're always below sea level. All right, here's another riddle. What has three feet but can't walk? Tell me, what has three feet but can't walk? You know the answer? Well, what has three feet and can't walk is a yardstick, folks. All right. All right. Two more. See if you can get them. What does not happen when cows laugh? What does not happen when cows laugh? Know the answer? Think about it. What do cows do when they laugh? Or what do they not do when they laugh is rather what I want to say. Well, when cows laugh, folks, they do not shoot milk through their nostrils. (laughs) All right, I hope you enjoyed these. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. This is Leonard Birdsong, and this is Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm going to be signing off. It's been great being with you here this afternoon. You can read my Dumb Criminal Law Stories on my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com, all one word. Or you can buy my books at leonardbirdsong.com. That's my website. Or you can find my books on amazon.com. Just type in Professor Birdsong. It's been great being with you. I'll be back with you next Thursday. Come and listen. Talk Zone is available. And it's great Internet radio. See you next week, folks.